Welcome to the Happy Never After podcast. Uh, it's just me, babies. It's just me, lovas. Okay, it is me, uh, Mara Merrick. I am the host. I am uh, the most divorced. And uh, I even got divorced here live on the podcast from my co-host. And I had a guest scheduled, uh, but he can't make it. And I thought, you know what? Let's do it solo. I think it's a good test, you know? It's uh, We learn when we go through breakups that uh, we can stand on our own two feet and live our own lives, that our value and validation does not come from the other person. So uh, here we are. It's just me. It's just me and you guys just having a little convo, a little talk. Uh, just got back from California. It was pretty awesome. I had a full, full exhaustion breakdown and my client was, my personal training client was a few minutes late. And in that time, in those seven minutes that she was late, I had found a flight and booked it in within seven minutes. Text my two best friends out in Los Angeles and said, I'm coming to visit. Are you available? And they both said yes. So I booked the ticket and it was pretty amazing. It's like, it's like sometimes you just need to take that time for you, you know, to take that time to recharge. I was like in this crazy cycle of just going to work, walking Frank, going out to do comedy sets, sleeping for two hours, trying to take care of my boyfriend, trying to do, you know, check in with my friends. But it was just like I was doing it as a robot. I wasn't doing it as a human being. And you guys know me, I'm very emotional. I love to get deep into those emotions and cry and laugh and do all those things, but I felt like a robot. So, um, yep, took a little time, went out to Cali, didn't do any comedy, didn't do any work, and hiked, did some yoga. Stacy hung out with Stacy Marie Lyons from last week's episode. We did a lot of yoga and walked on the beach and uh, stayed with her for two days. And then she went to a UFO conference. So <laughs> she didn't tell me what she was going to before she left. She put it in her Instagram and I messaged her and I was like, I don't think that you told me that uh, you were going to a UFO conference <laughs> at all. You have uh, just quite a vast array of <laughs> interests. Also, she didn't know it was a UFO conference either. She was going to to stay with her other friends because uh, her other friend's husband was in charge of the conference. And now she has uh, drank the Kool-Aid and believes all about aliens and um, UFOs. And so I'm excited to hear about that and what her thoughts are. The thing that I love about Stacy and the thing that I... She's great because her and I, will, we will get into conversations about things and instead of just being closed-minded about your opinion and just bullying the other person into believing your side, we're both very uh, open and we both sit there and listen. So I'm excited to hear what she thinks about UFOs and maybe those guys are single. Maybe they're better. Maybe they're sensitive. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I did a couple sets. And they were so fun. And, oh, my God, you guys, my major comedy hero. I mean, it's, obviously, it's Doug Stanhope. He is f fucking phenomenal. But my other, like, 
can't even talk around him. I'm to the point around Doug that I can have a conversation, but I can't even talk about this guy. Like he, Mike Berbiglia. I know it seems crazy. You know, he's just like a little Midwest looking guy who is probably one of the best storytellers on the planet. One time at the Comedy Cellar, he asked me to hold his jacket because there was no place to put it, and I thought I was going to pee myself. I probably did pee myself. I don't know. I blacked out. He did a set. I gave him back his jacket. There were no words exchanged on my part. He said, thank you. I don't know if I said anything. but So I did this set <laughs> on Saturday night, and uh, this was last Saturday, and... Uh, it was crazy. So this show was with Wendy Starling and Christina Hutchinson, and they have this awesome show called Glamour Pussy, and it's sold out. It's insane. It's in the West Village here in New York City. And when she sent the lineup to us, I, I text both of them. I was like, holy shit, this lineup is fucking ridiculous. And uh, it was like SNL. Comedy Central, like all these people that have their own television shows and then me. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God. And I started to get in my head all day about it because uh, when I was seven months into comedy, I used to be Dove Davidoff's assistant. And uh, they were, uh, the Hollywood Improv was texting who they thought was Dove and really they text me. And they said, can you do a set on Wednesday? And I was like, I hell yeah. Of course they want me. I'm seven months in. I'm so good. You know, like in your first year of comedy, you think you're awesome. And so what, but they really wanted Dove. And so when I showed up another one of those crazy shows, it was like crazy, packed out, insane. And uh, I wasn't on the line. I wasn't on the list of the lineup. So I went over to the manager. I was like, hey, um, I got this text. I confirmed that I could do this, uh, but I don't see my name on the lineup. And they're like, no. And I looked and Dove's name was there, and I was like, oh, they probably meant Dove. So I went and I fought for a spot. I was like, well, you guys said this. I have all my friends here. I should, uh, you know, I, I should have a spot, and I fought my way for a few minutes, and I was right in between Wyatt Sanak and Sarah Silverman, and it was crazy. Like, Wyatt went up absolutely crushed. I'm standing in the back of the room waiting to go up. The manager of the improv is rubbing my shoulder. Like, are you nervous? I was like shaking profusely. I went up my feet. I like my shins paralyzed. It was nuts. And then uh, I got through the set. I don't think I did great. Obviously, I was seven months in. I was a horrible comedian at that time. And I got off stage and then Sarah went up and crushed. And Everybody, I'm sure, I mean, nobody I'm sure remembers that, but I think in my head, because I'm a narcissist a little bit, I I think everybody has saw, seen that and, and was like, oh my God, that's a terrible comedian. And so what I, what I learned now is what I should have done was understand that I wasn't prepared for that spot and just <laughs> said, you know what? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'll just do a spot next time or when I'm ready or whenever you want to book me and just graciously moved on. But what I did do is push myself, uh, which really kicked me in the foot. Uh, so fast forward to last Saturday, I'm doing this. I get the email about the lineup and I start thinking it's just kind of like the same level of comics on this lineup. And I was like, oh my God, it's, gonna, it's crazy. 
and I show up and the hosts are talking about awkward sex stories. And I was like, oh, God, yeah, I got this. So I go up. I am third up. I go up. I do my set. I don't even tell jokes. I'm just talking about, you know, the time that I shit myself on a date um, and then getting out of that. Uh, I don't know if you guys... I shit myself on a date. I did... Uh, <laughs> I blew a line in the bathroom of cocaine. This is my partying days um, two weeks ago. And uh, I blew a line in <laughs> the bathroom and because the line was so long and I don't have I don't have a moment to like... I, I never allow myself good boundaries and be like, you are entitled to a proper amount of time in the bathroom. Like, take your time. Uh Instead, I think about the line of people and how I need to be fast. So I, I did a line of cocaine and uh, w- needed to go poop, needed to shit. And uh, I stood up too fast and a little nugget fell in my jeans. And it was just attached to right underneath my butt. And um, I didn't notice until we were walking to the next bar. So I'm on a date and we're walking to the next bar and I could feel it. And like, there I know when you when you have shit on your leg like you just like it's not a feeling that you have had often but it's a feeling that you for sure know like you don't need to feel this lesson over and over again you know it's like you're like you feel it it's the first time it's happened and you're like oh my god I have shit on my leg and uh so I got to the next bar and went into the bathroom, took my jeans completely off, washed them off with soap, rinsed them. But then, you know, my pants on are obviously soaking wet. And this guy had been a dickhead in line. And I walked out and the guy that I was on the date with was like, why are your pants wet? And I was like, oh, that guy uh, threw his drink on me. And so he went and got him kicked out of the bar. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, crazy. (laughs) Anyway, so I told that story a truncated version on stage and I, you know, got people involved and then I told another couple of stories and I didn't tell one joke. I was just riffing and I got off stage and Mike Barbiglia was there and I immediately started to feel that shin paralyzation. I was like, oh my God, it's Mike Barbiglia. It's Mike Barbiglia. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. So, uh... I sat down, I was there, and he had crashed. Like, he wasn't in the original lineup. He crashed the show. He wanted to just go do a few minutes. And so he went up uh, right after me. And before he went up, though, he comes over to me, and he just taps me on the arm, and he goes, really good set, good stuff. And ah, I've never felt so excited in my whole life. It was, like, the most exhilarating thing. I, I uh, was so awesome. And so uh, I felt super validated. It was awesome. And I finally feel like I washed clean that first Hollywood improv set that I've been thinking about in my brain every single night since it happened nine years ago. So uh, yeah, it was pretty awesome. I loved it. And then we had to go to this really shitty bar show after that that I was on. And my whole high went to came to a crashing halt. No, it was, that one was fine too, but it was not as exciting. I really wanted to just stay and watch Mike Birbiglia set. I watched 20 minutes of it, and it was fucking killer, and he was still going, and I was like, ugh. Ah, oh, this man's a genius. If you have a chance, make sure to look him up. He's fucking phenomenal. Mike Birbiglia. 
Just a good old boy. Oh my gosh. Uh, I want to talk about a lot of things today. Of course. Oh my God. I hope everybody had a great Memorial Day. I haven't really chatted with you guys since then or really uh, been up to date on my on the uh, social media. So um, just kind of took a break from it and uh, I'll make sure to get going. We did record two episodes of Stacy's and there are some really funny clips from her first episode that I'm going to put up. So make sure to check in on the Instagram for those. They are so funny. Um, and I was like, oh, God, we missed all those like improv fun moments, those just natural, organic moments. I, so I want to make sure that those get out there. So check the Instagram over the next few days. As soon as I figure out how to edit those, then uh, we will do it. Um, so Memorial Day, it was, uh, I didn't have a lot of plans because I'm uh, moving out of my apartment and moving into a room for the summer just to just to have like a little break because uh, I'm starting to realize that living life is more important than having things. Like I always knew that, but sometimes you just get into a cycle and you're like, if I work more then I can afford this house. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to work a little bit, just a, just a touch less, just a touch less and have some more time for myself and to write and to live my dreams because... Before, you know, I, I don't know if you guys listened uh, to the Andrew and I breaking up episode, but uh, I was talking about how I felt like I was in a deep hole at my prison job. And um, I need, I was like, you know, there's got to be a different way to get out of here. So I Airbnb'd out my apartment for the summer, which pays for both my rent and the rent on the room that I'm renting. I'm just going to take her a little easier this summer. Maybe buy a house next year. Who knows? Be an adult. I don't know. I'm just trying to minimize. So I was moving out of my old apartment and uh, moving into the new room, just like getting a few things out. I'm not taking everything. It's just a temporary thing. And so I wasn't making big plans for the holiday because I had to do all this shit. So George also had to work. So I went to go meet George and we were going to go to dinner and George sprung on me that we were going to go hang out with his friends on Memorial Day. Um, and I, he didn't tell me until I was meeting up with him at 5.30. And I said, when did you find out? And he called me on speaker. He, was, he had somebody else in the car with him. And so... At that moment, he had a witness to the conversation and because he was like, hey, you're on speaker. I want to tell you that we're meeting up with our friend, with my friends, blah, blah, blah. And there's somebody else in the car. So he knew, he knew that I couldn't just talk to have a, like an honest conversation. I had to be polite because I didn't know what friend was in the car. And uh, I was, I made a couple of jokes. Like he said, uh, I was like, are you mad at me? Is that why we have to do this? Why? Do I have to do this? And then when he finally got rid of the person that was in the car, I was talking to him. I said, when did you know that we were going to go hang out with your friends? And he said, at 12 o'clock. And I said, at 12.01, you should have called or texted me and said, this is the plan. Because I personally need to plan these things. I need to be emotionally prepared. I need to be mentally prepared. I need to come up with stories to share. I mean, 
it's like a whole thing. If I have a boring client or like a client that I know needs me to entertain them, <laughs> I come up with, I like prep stories and things to talk about. Like, and then other stories will come up obviously out of that. But I, it's the same thing when I hang out with his friends, I got to come up with things and pleasantries because I don't really have a lot in common with them. I don't, drink a lot anymore I don't I mean like I'm trying to go for stuff in my life I don't know and uh so we show so we show up to this thing I've got you know I've been moving so all I have to wear is my dry cleaning that I had picked up that was still in the back of my truck and so I wear this beautiful oversized vintage Chanel blazer and I know that sounds really pretentious but There is a reason why I'm telling you this. Uh, And I didn't buy that for myself. I used to train the editor of InStyle Magazine, and she used to gift me things that were gifted to her that she didn't wear or didn't suit her style. So I have a lot of Balenciaga because of her. Thank you very much. And I have, like, a couple of beautiful pieces that I could never afford myself. So... I have this thing in the back of the car. So I wear like, I hoard it up. I got a little crop top underneath and some shorts and then really strappy heels. And that is what I'm wearing to go out with them. And uh, I meet George at his house. He picks me up. And then again, doesn't communicate that we're picking up more people. So we're pulling. I was like, "Is where are we going? And then he doesn't tell me. And then we pull up to meet his friend. And then his friend comes out. I was like, oh, we're driving someone else. Like, just... Guy, if it, if you guys are listening, I communicate with us. Like, just tell us what's going on. I promise you, it's going to make everything so much better. Like, just get it out of the way. I don't know why guys don't like to communicate ever about anything. It's like when you're watching one of those Disney movies and like Freaky Friday or whatever those movies are, and you and like you already know that the character is lying, and the like in in the plot the like everybody knows that the character is lying, but the character keeps lying. And you're just like, just tell the truth. Everybody knows. Like, just say the truth. It's so much easier. It's like one of those things. It's like, just tell me. It's, I promise you this will end up so much better. So we pick up the friend. I do like this friend a lot. Uh, he's very nice. And then we go also, like, again, this is pre-California trip where I got some sleep. So I'm at my wits end, like every single wick off my candle. Like I'm burning the candle at all the ends. They're, they've all, they're been meeting for a little while. Their spikes, sparks are flying. I've got nothing left in the tank as far as energy goes. Get to this bar. Everybody's outside at the outside bars. Uh, and then some of them had moved in to play beer pong in the back of this bar. And the cunt girl, that little, she uh, has a very little clothes on at this point because it's Memorial Day and I guess they had been somewhere prior. And so I get to, uh, her tit was like honestly flying out of the side of the shirt. And I have had my boobs done. So uh, I'm like, if you have, if you, if you want to fix your boobs, if they're really bad boobs, fix up, you know, like her little hound dog pancake tit kept flying out of the side of this little razorback shirt that she should not have been wearing, whatever, you can wear, whatever, body positivity, uh, 
I'm so for being body positive unless your really nasty tit keeps coming out of then just keep your tit in your shirt. Anyway, so she's she had brought water guns to the bar and uh, had them in her back pocket and they were shooting each other. That's fine. Play. If you guys, I'm so about it. I'm so about like fun games and playing games, but only if you have willing participants in the game with you. And I don't like this cunt at all. Like I, I, there's no redeeming quality about her. Like if she were attractive, she would be useful to me. (laughs) That sounds awful, but like, I don't understand. I don't under, (laughs) how awful did that just sound? (laughs) What a what a mean girl statement that was for me. I don't know. I'm just so used to being around like cunty girls that are attractive, and you're like, yeah, I get it. She's so attractive. She can be cunty, but this one is just like not attractive. And to, I just I don't know what I. She, I wish she would have been nicer. Maybe I could have searched for like a nice quality in her, but so far not so great. Anyway, she's got these water guns. They're playing water guns. I don't really like to be splashed or wet in public, especially if I've taken the time to get ready and done my makeup and my hair. And uh, if I'm at the beach, sure, let's splash. I got a suit on. Let's do this. Let's get down. Let's get dirty. Whatever. If I'm doing a triathlon or near a river or I have my picnic clothes on, like, and we start a water fight and I am willing and I like you. If I like you, you can Dump a bucket of water on me. I will laugh. But if I despise you, you stay the fuck away from me. Like, just give me space. So, George is, we're all chatting. I'm saying my hellos to people. There's a guy there doing magic, and he knows me from comedy. And uh, so we're, I'm chatting, and George is maybe like 10 feet away from me. And this bitch... This bitch starts shooting me in the face with this water gun from across the room. This is not like a bar. This isn't like uh, there is a pool at the bar because I've worked at one of those. There's like a pool at the bar and uh, that's just part of the ambiance. This is just a bar. Like there is, there are stools. This is a restaurant. People are eating around here and she starts shooting across the room and starts getting me in the face. Not once, not twice. Six times, six times, six times she shot me in the face. Uh, And I didn't understand what was happening at first. And I looked over at George and I was like, is, was that, was that Miranda? Was that her? Did she just do this to me? Do this, just do this to me. And he goes, yeah, that was, that was her. (sighs) This was still like a week ago, and I'd still, I'm still getting so flustered with what just happened. Like, that is breaking so many manners rules and common courtesies and just basic human behavior rules. Like, she's she's maybe 30. I don't know. She's whatever. But you don't... You learn this when you're 10. You, this is, you don't, 
Like if you are at a party and you and your friends are, and you're at a 10 year old party and you and your 10 year old friends are spraying each other and then you get over by the adults that are just trying to exhale away from their fucking kids for a minute and you spray one of the adults, the adults go, no, 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 go over back by the kids that are playing with each other, right? So she is a 30 year old woman with pancake tits and a gross, everything else going on. And she is spraying me from across the room. I got so infuriated because, A, I couldn't do shit about it. These are George's friends again, and I, you, I can't defend my... I can't do what I want to do to her because, A, illegal, you know? B, it's George... Like, George should take care of this. So I leave. I go to the front of the bar. I go outside in the front of the space and just start uh, looking for a hotel room, uh, any hotel room. I was like, I just, because I was moving in between, so I didn't have the bed over there. I was going to stay with George. Now I'm stuck in this situation. George isn't protecting me. George didn't stop her right away. I got to find a new place. Like, I start going into survival mode, you know. And uh, I've been, you know, I've, I've left a few situations of relationships. Uh, I know what I'm doing. So I go and I'm outside frantically looking for a new place to stay. And while I'm doing it, I'm noticing that hotels and Airbnbs are very expensive and I should probably up the price of my own Airbnb. I'm like, what am I doing? I need to charge way more, you know? Um, and then George comes out and he grabs me and I said, what did you do? What, how did you t take care of this situation? And he said, he walked over to her and just said, grow up. And, he sa and she said to him, I was trying to shoot you. She was in the way. Ah, uh, bitch, what? He was 10 feet in another direction. She wasn't trying, he was, she was intentionally trying to get me. And at that point I was like, are you getting this? Are you getting this, George? Like, she's not trying to spray you. She's intentionally being mean to me. And I don't know why we as women do this to one another or need to do this or I don't understand this behavior at all. Mostly because I don't do, I'm not into this behavior. It's ridiculous. So she, uh, she, tells George that, and George just says, grow up, and then he comes to find me, uh, and I just want to leave. At that point, I should have just been able to leave. Like, you should just give me freedom. Like, give that person freedom. That's all we want. Uh, my whole body's shaking. I'm so pissed, and I can't take care of it. Uh, so he drags me back in, and then I go meet the group, and some asshole in the group said, what happened? You reacted crazy. And I didn't react crazy. I just walked out. I stormed out. I walked out fast. That's not crazy. Crazy. Crazy? You want to say crazy? You want to say crazy? I will be crazy. My mom taught me crazy. Can you imagine a batty old woman with a Midwest accent being crazy? Like, that is... I can get there if you want me to go there. So she, so he says, oh, she was, you reacted crazy. And George responds, she has PMS. <gasps> what? I was already at a 10. 
in frustration. And then he says, I have PMS. So I turn to walk away and I'm seeing red. Everything's going. I'm like, I'm really leaving this time. I go to walk away and he grabs, (laughs) he doubled down. He grabs the back of my arm and pulls me back with the back of my arm. And so I turn around and I grab that little vein and the muscle uh, in his neck and uh, I twist it and dropped him. He fell down. <laughs> he did let me go. That is, uh, that is something that did happen. I can, if you need someone, if you need to uh, drop somebody, you just, uh, they're called SCMs, your sternocleidomastoids in your neck. And there's a little vein right there. You just pinch it, twist, pinch and twist. And uh, that will help you. I just wanted to give you ladies out there some survival tips. Dudes, you can use them also. That is, uh, isn't that just, like, who grabs somebody on the back of the arm? Just, again, let me, like, first of all, don't say she's PMSing. Nobody. I mean, I definitely was PMSing. I definitely did bleed all the whole time I was in Los Angeles. So <laughs> there's that. But uh, <laughs> I think under normal normal circumstances, I still would be very frustrated. <laughs> So uh, I dropped him and I walked back out and then everybody was scared of me. They were like, oh man, I thought you were going to choke me. And I was like, if you, if you don't grab me, then I won't have to hurt you. Like, don't, don't grab people. That is the lesson that we just learned today. So that's, uh, I thought it was pretty easy. Um, anyway, this story is like taking forever, but it does, I mean... It's not, like protect your friends. If something, if you see something, if you see, I wasn't wrong there. I didn't do anything. I stayed out of her way. I've never done anything to this woman, and she com- keeps attacking me. And I get that. Like if you, people that are intimidated or jealous, or and maybe she just wants to fuck George. She probably wants to fuck George. That's probably what it is. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know if she has had sex or not or whatever. I don't really know her sexual history or her activity. I don't want to know it. I would never want to picture that. That would be so disgusting. <laughs> and, uh, so I don't know what her deal is with me. Um, but I don't understand why you can't just be, as women, cordial to one another. It would be so much easier. So I've decided to, I mean, I've put my foot down and now I'd never have to hang out with her again, which is great. Um, we had a little bit of a talk, but then uh, the best part was, so after that, we, we did go home, we went and ate. And then, so we went and ate sushi and I was talking to George, explaining how paralyzed I felt and being able to protect myself because I wanted to respect him and his friendships. Um, and while I'm tell- talking to him about how I don't want to suffer in a relate like you shouldn't ever have anybody suffering in relationships. Like it doesn't. I mean, every once in a while, yeah, you have to go through pain and hurt to get through the other side. There's a you know, whenever you're sacrificing something, there's always a loss, and there are instances where there is pain, and um, and that's just necessary. But it doesn't have. It's not necessary all the time. Like this is undue stress that you shouldn't have to put on a significant other. It's 
it's wrong. Like they, you don't need to be putting people in these positions. If anybody in, uh, in my circle were ever this cruel to George, I would immediately stop it. I would immediately in front of everyone, make sure that that behavior would not continue because it's, you have to protect your signet. You have to be security on both sides. Like women, male, women on women relationships, male on male, whatever that your type of, whatever sexual orientation you have, protect your significant, you know what? Protect the innocent. It doesn't matter if they're, you're in a relationship with them. You should just do the right thing. Just make sure that people that are being attacked aren't attacked anymore. I did this one podcast and they were, uh, I can't remember what it was. Oh no, I did Kumia. And they were talking about how if you see something, go around it. I'm like, you can't, we can't treat each other like this. We have to be humane. This is the problem. This is what's going on in the country right now is we are not being humane with each other. We need to be more kind. There's strength in kindness. I love being kind. It's positive. It's just a better feeling to go home than being mean to someone. I have been mean to someone and then you think about it for days and days and days and you're like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have been mean. And then with your friends, you tell the story and you're like, yeah, it was so tough. And then you go home and you're like, man, I wish I wasn't so tough. I wish I would have just been nicer to her. Now I feel bad. There, yeah, so there's no regrets in being kind ever. There's no regrets. So just go that route and it's so much better. So um, we're going, we're sitting down and I'm talking to him about how I don't want to suffer anymore in this relationship and I'm crying. And then this little fat bitch comes and eats dinner at the same restaurant, two seats over from us. I was like, are you fucking kidding? Go to another restaurant. Actually, go home. Skip a meal. You need to. Uh, <laughs> I was also mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Um, I'm going to be struck down. Uh, from above, I, uh, uh. <laughs> anyway, I am, uh, that was me, so, anyway, that, that happened, so, the next morning, I wake up, and this is when I decide to go to California, I needed a break from everything, and, um, I woke up, and I called in sick to work, and started, you know, called in sick to my prison work, the gym. And uh, I still had private clients in the afternoon. That's when I booked my ticket. I still hadn't, I didn't know what I was going to do yet. I started like going through a panic. I was having a, you could feel the panic attack coming on. And George and I, he brought me to breakfast and we sat down. <laughs> the server brings water, brings us coffee, sets those down. It's a very nice place. So they pour everything there. It's beautiful, piping hot coffee. And I reach my hands across the table to grab George's to have a con this tough conversation about the night before and how I wish he would have behaved instead of how he did behave and how it needs to change in the future or else this probably isn't going to work. And as I'm reaching for his hands, he thinks I'm playing the slap game, you know, the one where you have your hands up above and down below. <laughs> and uh, and he, he goes to slap my hands and he hits the coffee and it splashes all down on my white romper, all in my badge, all down, just on the top, you know, and all down the top part of my legs. I'm, I'm, I can feel it starting to like singe my skin off and it starts to blister immediately. So I stand up, I'm very calm. I take off my fanny pack, I put it in the bench and he brings me to the bathroom 
uh, George did. He's like, let's go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay. And uh, I had a waddle over there. And um, <laughs> it was a shorts romper. It wasn't a pants one. I wish it was a pants one, except for, for this part. So I start taking the cloths that you dry your hands with and wetting them and putting them on my legs. And just to like cool it down, hold it on there, add a little compress so it doesn't get crazy with the blisters. And <laughs> he starts wetting the same towels on like the getting more towels and wetting them down but then putting them up in my vagina and I was like <laughs> I was like I don't think that now is the time to finger me um I didn't get any coffee inside of my vagina it's all just like outside of my vagina <laughs> you can actually see where it is in the outline of my clothing because that's where the coffee stain my white romper but uh thank you for fingering me in these tough times <laughs> at least I'm still attractive here uh so yeah it was, it was, I was like, all right. So then I had to waddle home and, uh, he was talking to me about before the, before they poured our coffee, he was talking to me about, um, how I should have, how I should have hit Miranda. Her name's Miranda. And, uh, I just don't like hit people. Like, that's just not what I do. And he goes, yeah, you do. You totally, you drop me. Like you hurt my neck really bad. And I said, well, that was survival. Like, cause I don't know. If I've also been kidnapped. If you want to hear the whole story, it's on uh, guys. We fucked. I, I told the story there, but, uh, also like I got kidnapped after 30 and that was like, so flattering. You know, have you ever been you like, you don't know your value. And then all of a sudden somebody like takes you by gunpoint after 30 and you're like, Oh my God, you choose me. Ah, I'm still attractive. <laughs> that was so nice of him. But, uh, yeah, I, after I escaped from that, I came back home and I got put through all this like survival, protect yourself training. And so it just became second nature. When he grabbed the back of my arm, I wasn't thinking like, I was me and he was George. I was thinking I was a survivor and he was an attacker. And so I I just, with instinct, dropped him. So I wasn't hitting him or hurting him on purpose. I was just trying to keep myself safe. So I wouldn't go up to someone and punch them. And so uh, I don't think that that's the answer ever. I just, again, we go back to kindness, you know? It's just... Time to be kind. I think this is our whole new world. I'm learning that with this this people in office. They're a little unkind. And um, I feel like that's an ugly side. And I don't want to see that trickle down. And it has been. I feel like everybody's getting a little more volatile as, a, as us in this country. It's getting kind of crazy. So um, we can only control our own actions. So I guess what I'm saying is this was my first episode by myself. I hope that you enjoyed this part. Um, I did just sign with a new agency, which I'm so excited. I have a meeting with them tomorrow to uh, to sign the agreement, which it, uh, so I'll make some more announcements after that. But um, I'm so pumped. It's so exciting. So I've got a, I signed with an agent. I've got some new dates that are going to be put up. So just make sure to check out on um, Happy Never After Podcast Instagram for the new dates of things that are... I think I'm going to take this on the road also, this podcast. So we'll have some fun guests. And uh, 
the guest that I was supposed to have today, I, I hope that he can make time for, I th- you know, he just got a like, crazy schedule. It, it was uh, how Andrew and I met our old boss. So I really wanted to get him on here. Anyway, so him, uh, let's get him on the podcast. If you guys, uh, I got some exciting things happening for the show. So make sure to stay tuned and make sure to check the Instagram. So as soon as I figure out how to put the clips behind a picture, because I have something very specific in mind for Stacey's uh, first show that she recorded with me, um, we had to re-record it because she kept saying her husband's name over and over and over and over and over again. And uh, it was too hard for me to edit. So we just re-recorded. Anyway. Um, and, uh, so I'll put those up, the things that we missed out on the second episode and, uh, also follow me directly at Mara Merrick. So it's, uh, at Mara Merrick, M-A-R-A-M-A-R-E-K on my Instagram. Uh, make sure to check out for the announcements. I got some really, really, really cool things happening with the show and, uh, we're going to get Mark Gerber back. I'm going to have Wendy Sterling, um, Sterling, uh, also come back as a co-host with me. I don't know if you guys remember her. Christina, I'm actually going to be working with Christina Galston in Florida, so make sure to watch out for that date. I am going to be down there for a podcast movement, a big podcast convention, and then I'm going to be working with her prior to that down there. So uh, make sure to check out for those dates. Freakin' Jurekin is her name. She just got. She also has some really sick things going on. She just got into Clusterfest, so I'm so proud of her. And uh, yeah, make sure to buy stuff from our sponsors, Ritual and Noom. Though it's, uh, I didn't do any ads today because whatever, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> all right, no, I didn't forget that we don't have to do any today. I love you guys. Thank you for continuing to listen. Uh, Spread the good word and peace. Talk to you guys next week.